Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you close? My boss's voice sounds tinny from the phone mounted next to my steering wheel. My engine revs as I swerve into the next lane, punching the gas to get around a slow-moving minivan. The tires slide momentarily on the slick road before regaining traction. I'm almost there, I tell him not bothering to keep the edge out of my voice. What was just a few flurries minutes ago is quickly turning into a full-on blizzard. I turn my windshield wipers up a notch as thick snowflakes batter the glass. What little afternoon sunlight there was is now fading thanks to the dark cloud cover. Whatever you do, Crespo says from his warm office miles away. Don't listen to the music. That's your first priority, okay? Get the music off then see what you can do for any women and children inside. You know I don't have any equipment on me, right? I ask him. You know I'm on vacation, right? You'll just have to hold things together as best you can until the task force gets there. And when do you suppose that will be? I ask. Crespo doesn't answer right away, which is a bad sign. After a few long moments, he says, I don't know. They were involved in a pileup on their way out there. We sent a helicopter to get them, but the pilot had to turn around because of the blizzard. Just do what you can, okay, Aldridge? I see the shopping center coming up on the right, barely visible through the curtain of snow. I'm here, gotta go, I say. I hang up before Crespo can continue his shitty pep talk. Tearing into the crowded Walmart parking lot, I immediately see several people up near the store entrance. They're attacking each other, and as I get closer, the distant and muffled sound of music reaches my ears. I recognize the song, Deck the Halls. Panic strikes me as I remember Walmarts don't just play music inside the store, they also have speakers outside. I jam on the brakes and punch my seldom used radio, but it's on a talk station. I scan quickly, stopping on the first music I hear. The overproduced melody tells me it's a top 40 station. I crank the volume to drown out the Christmas tune, leaving nothing to chance. As a general rule, I hate top 40 music, but it's better than the song that's playing from the Walmart speakers. The pop song with the throaty female singer makes me want to stick something sharp in my eyes, but at least it won't send me into a murderous rage. A car honks behind me, then moves around as I dig in my bag for my wireless headphones. A glance up, tells me several other cars are pulling into the parking lot and there's nothing I can do to stop them. Hopefully, the blizzard will keep anyone else who's contemplating Christmas shopping at home, at least until we have this shit show under control. I jam my wireless earbuds into my ears, twisting them so they're secure. They pair with my phone, which I pull from its cradle. Opening Spotify, I navigate to the settings, making sure there's no gap between songs. As soon as one ends, the next one begins. Selecting my favorite playlist out of habit, I crank the volume and then put my phone in my pants pocket. From my bag, I grab a wool cap that I pull over my head, ensuring I'll keep my earbuds in no matter what. I drive closer to the entrance and select a parking spot. 
before getting out of the car. I grab my personal Glock 17 pistol from the glove compartment. I hope I don't have to use it. Stepping out into the chill, I see a car coming up the aisle. There's a woman in the driver's seat and a couple of bundled up kids in the back. I step into the middle of the aisle and point the gun at the driver. Her eyes go wide and she reverses, tearing out of the parking lot. Just a few less people to worry about. Jogging up to the entrance, I put the pistol away in my coat pocket. I don't know if the sight of it will be seen as a provocation or what. I have little information about this particular SCP. The people who have been fighting outside when I first pulled up are gone. Well, most of them. There's a man on the ground, the blood from the gash in his head turning the snow red. There are drag marks through the snow on the ground, leading away from the doors. Despite the blizzard, I can see a woman in a red coat dragging herself along. Both her legs are mangled, broken in several places. As I turn back to go inside, a large man with a metal baseball bat swings at me. I manage to flinch back, but the tip of the bat glances off my left arm. The pain is sharp and swift, but I don't think anything's broken. The man screams in anger and winds up for another try, but he's big and slow and probably hasn't played baseball in 20 years. I step forward and kick him in the chest, directing all my weight down through my heel. The man stumbles backward and trips, crashing through the glass of an automatic door before it has a chance to open all the way. He's out like a light, his bulk preventing the automatic door from moving. With the music playing for my earbuds, I'm effectively deaf. I need to be extra vigilant. If that man had hit me in the head, I'd be a goner. I move through the intact doors, grabbing the guy's bat as I go. Stepping into the grocery side of the store, I look around warily. There are a few bodies visible on the floor, people either unconscious or dead. Displays have been knocked over, carts have been abandoned. Deeper in the store, a figure darts across my vision from right to left, disappearing quickly. I have no idea where the PA system is, but I'm guessing it's in the back somewhere, behind closed doors. I move forward in a crouch, baseball bat held in both hands. I can feel the weight of my Glock in my coat pocket. I pass the produce section on my right, seeing no one moving. To my left is the wide and long aisle that runs along the front of the store, over toward the pharmacy and makeup sections. I see two bodies, a man and a woman, but nothing else, no movement. As I approach the first aisle of the food section, one of the freezer aisles, I slow down. For all I know, there are people screaming and shouting and wailing all over the store. The only thing I can hear is the high energy rock music playing through my earbuds. I lean forward and look down the aisle. My heart lurches in my chest as I see a group of a dozen men, women, and children lurking there. They're armed with everything from canned vegetables and pans to knives and chains. And for some reason, they're all wearing green as if they've raided the Christmas clothing section and chosen only the green items. Their faces are contorted with uncontained rage and they don't hesitate for a moment before charging me. I do the only thing I can, I run. A can strikes me in the middle of my back as I race down the aisle toward the back of the store. A knife clatters past me, the thrower missing me by a few inches. As I'm coming up on the chips and snacks aisle, 
I see part of a dark green extension cord lying on the floor in my path. Suddenly, the cord tightens and lifts off the ground, snagging the toes of my right foot as I try too late to jump over it. I stumble forward, my momentum taking me off balance and forcing me to do a diving roll. I quickly get up and keep moving. I managed to hang onto the bat with my right hand, but something is different. The weight of my Glock is no longer there. It must have fallen out of my pocket when I rolled. Great. Going back for it is not an option, so I keep going, slowing slightly as I turn left at the rearmost aisle of the store. I look for signs for the back restroom, knowing that there's an employee area around there. Just as I'm about to reach the aisle leading to the restroom, another group of people crowds out into the aisle ahead of me from the electronics section. They are armed much like the people chasing me, but they're all wearing red instead of green. I duck right and run down a shoe aisle. Then I turn left and make an immediate right at the bathroom area. As I glance over my shoulder, I see the two waves of people meet in the aisle, crashing into each other like medieval soldiers on a battlefield. Watching in stunned amazement, I see kids face off against other kids, throwing tiny fists or tackling each other to the ground. Meanwhile, the adults bludgeon and slice and smash each other with single-minded determination. One man in red, his face coated in blood, dispatches an enemy and turns toward me. His eyes are alight with insanity. He charges. I crash through a set of double doors, quickly spotting an open door on my right. Making it through, I slam it shut just moments before the crazed man crashes into it. I manage to lock the door from the inside. Turning around, I see that I'm in a hallway with rooms on either side. Moving down, I look for a room that's likely to have the PA system. Three doors down on the right, I see a room that's labeled electrical. The door is unlocked and I get inside. I quickly see what looks like a receiver and hit the power button, turning it off. But there are several other pieces of equipment that could also be receivers or maybe power sources for the speakers. I don't know much about electronics. To be on the safe side, I turn them all off. Crespo told me the effects of the SCP last for two hours after the auditory cognito hazard is stopped. So I know the people out in the store won't magically be sane again. Still, I need to make sure the music is off before I do anything else. As I leave the electrical room, I step into the hall just in time to see a female Walmart employee leaping at me with a knife. I raise my left hand instinctively and her knife blade stabs right through, poking out the back of my hand. I scream and uppercut the lady with the top of the baseball bat, knocking her out. She collapses to the ground with a mouthful of broken teeth. I stumble back down the hall, looking with disbelief at the blade sticking through my hand. The pain is immense, but I don't dare pull the thing out. I know enough to realize that's the worst thing I could do. I can tell by the way the locked door is shaking that the guy is still banging on it from the other side. Stopping a few feet from the door, I lean the bat against the wall and pull my phone out with my right hand. I turn the music down bit by bit, listening hard for anything over the sounds of banging coming from the door. When the volume is all the way down and I still haven't heard anything, I put my phone away and reach up under my black wool cap, pulling my right earbud out. There's no music, no deck the halls, 
just the sounds of screaming and shouting and banging from the other side of the door. I pull my other earbud out with my right hand, putting them both in my pants pocket. And then I hear a grunt from my left. Turning my head, I see three more Walmart employees down the hall, just beyond the lady I knocked out. They're glaring at me, their blue vests covered in blood. One of them has a hatchet, another has a hacksaw, the third has a sledgehammer. Suddenly, a fourth employee steps into the hallway. He has a compound bow, surely from the sporting goods section, and an arrow ready to go. As he pulls back on the bowstring, I lunge for the nearest door, leaving the bat where it is so I can try the doorknob with my uninjured hand. It doesn't turn, it's locked. The throng of a bowstring being released comes to my ears. Pain erupts in my right leg. I look down to see a colorful arrow sticking through my thigh. I stumble back from the door to where I was moments earlier, breathing hard and grimacing against the agony. Come home for Christmas, I mutter sarcastically to myself, grabbing the bat. We'll get together, have a few laughs. I get in the middle of the hallway, staring down at the group. The good news is, the bow guy seems to be out of arrows. The bad news is, there are four of them and only one of me. Holding the bat under my arm, I pull the knife out of my hand. I shift it, gripping the handle as tightly as I can with my wounded hand. Then I ready the bat again in my right hand. They glare at me, waiting on some signal. No time like the present. Come on! I yell. The crazed Walmart employees scream and charge. I yell, limping toward them as fast as I can, wielding the bat with my good hand. Come on! SCP-3193 is an auditory cognito hazard in the form of a 49-second infrasound melody. Analysis of SCP-3193 revealed a complex thalmic ritual composed of audio cues, harmonies, and tones, commonly known as audiothergy. When heard in its entirety, SCP-3193 induces a heightened fight-or-flight response by prompting a release of norepinephrine and adrenaline. These chemicals are produced in amounts for exceeding baseline human capability. In this state, subjects are susceptible to hyperfixations on visual or verbal triggers. When subjects are congregated in groups of 10 or greater, they will experience a berserker event during which subjects will demonstrate feral behavior. Subjects will divide into subgroups and engage each other in combat. In this state, subjects' sensory nervous systems will experience a decrease in activity, causing a temporary inability to feel pain. Affected subjects experience a complete lack of reasoning caused by decreased activity in the cerebral cortex. The berserker event lasts two hours after initiation, unless additional exposure to SCP-3193 occurs.